Yeah, you gotta love it. Yeah, it was pretty good in the headphones, man. Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, I, 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 I'd say who he is, but I'm just gonna leave it a mystery. I'm just gonna leave it a mystery. We have a a mysterious graphic designer, and we'll just leave it at that for now. Maybe I'll give him some credit later. He's got to earn his stripes. Right. I'll give him some credit someday. <laughs> he does a lot of. So, uh, just a neighborhood announcement for everybody to know. We've had no shootings in yes. the neighborhood. Yeah. Still a bunch of loud trucks. That's probably not going to change. No. Nope. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, I've heard quite a few in the past couple of days. You yeah. know, been trapped. It's been kind of super cold and then decent. And then, so I've been able to get outside a little bit, but not too much. Got our... And here's the other, here's the other thing too, it's gonna be warm again this weekend, like a high of fifty eight. Like, quit yeah. playing, quit with the yo yo shit, Mother Nature. Right, and Just fucking get, uh, yeah, get it over get with. It. Yeah, well, I don't know who this person is, but hello, Molly Pineapples. Oh well, hey, oh. hello, how are you? Yeah, because yeah, she was asking when it's gonna start, but it started. We're here. Yeah, and then. uh Mr. Gimp said great intro. Yes, it was good. It was very good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so everything's been smooth around here lately. Uh, yeah, I had a problem with our, our local busybody again. Uh, you know, my dog was out for a walk, and she didn't have her coat yet because it's on order from Amazon. And, of course, had to hear a lecture about that. So, you know, Bubba yeah. was fine, but, you know. And, and he cut his in. Yeah, and he cut his grass again today, by the way. Oh wow, that's only like four times in a week, you know. So more power to him, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm just let look, why am I gonna get all my leaves ready for my tree's not even done yet? I'm not gonna do twice the work. Exactly. So, so exactly. fuck it. I'll wait till they if she don't like it, she can move. I mean, she what bugs me the one thing. Yeah, the one thing that bugs me about this this town though is they send out those those notices telling people to put your leaves on the terrace and then the week the day or the week before they come put them in the street. Everybody's got them in the street now. So they're all the street parking is getting less and less because when I go do my job on the other side of town, you know, I'm worried that I'm going to show up one morning and not be able to park anywhere because everybody's got their freaking leaves already in the street. So, you know, that's park Four miles down the road. How's now, that going? How are the kids today, man? Did you have a good uh, good day or what? Oh, yeah. It was a good day. I only have, like, usually in the morning, it's just this one girl, woman, and her daughter, and then this one kid, uh, my little buddy. He comes every day. But I have more in the afternoon than I do in the mornings. It seems like a lot of parents drop their kids off on their way to work, but then maybe they're still at work, you know, latchkey kids. So I think that's why I get more walkers in the afternoon than I do in the morning. Walkers, he says. Well, I see a lot of the same parents drop them off and pick them up. It's like, how are you making a decent paycheck if you're only working during school hours? It's like, that's, that's you know, unless you're making $40 an hour somewhere, I don't see how the hell they're making a living. But, hey, I, I 
I'm just saying. I'm not trying to judge these people. Mine is not the reason why, I guess, you know. Now, I do have a question for you, and I've been wanting to ask it for a long time, and I keep forgetting, so I might as well do it live and in person. I notice everybody that visits you, with the exception of your father, everybody parks in the street. You got this big-ass driveway. Everybody parks in the street. Yeah. Are they too lazy to walk that long walk from your garage or I think that's it. I mean, every once in a while I'll get somebody in the driveway, but uh yeah, usually they just park out front and walk up. In the winter time it's a lot different because I got like like, I got, like snow out there, but Yeah, cuz I use when I do your driveway, I put all the snow out, you know, as best I can towards the street when I get it out of your yard. Usually your trailer's there, so I though I just let all the snow go onto your trailer. But, yeah, I wish I could so. put that back in the garage, but that's a story for another day. So yes, yes, yes. But let's tell, let's talk about what we have. Why don't you tell us what we're talking about again today? Well, okay. What we're doing is uh, our top five concerts uh, that we've seen. Throughout our lifetimes, I mean, there's a ton of five that I could talk about, but I think we got it narrowed down to uh, the top five <clears throat> either influential concerts or concerts that just blew us away, um, or you know, monumental shows, you know, just uh, our, our top five best concerts of our lives, you know. So I think I got it narrowed down to five technically, you'll see why. I say technically a little bit later in the show, but there was no other way I could do it and, and properly do it justice. So I don't know who wants to go first. If you want to go first this time. Or well, I came, I, I came with a big old book. Right. I see I that. Got lots of pages there. So, you know what? It's always since I always let you go first. So I will let you start it off. All right, we're kicking this off right away. Number five, it might be a a shocker to some people, but number five for me is Weird Al Yankovic in Beloit in either 1999 or 2000. Uh, This was a show that um, it was kind of like, I guess you would call it like a fair show because it was at something called Riverfest that we have down here in Janesville and Beloit. And I went into the show thinking like, okay, it's weird, Al. It's going to be awesome. But, you know, it's just like a fair show. You know, it's it's not going to be super great, you know. <laughs> he blew my mind. It just with all the costumes and the video and just, and how fast he was changing in and out of costumes and everything and how good he sounded. Like, you could tell that it was no backing tracks. It was all live. He was just jamming out. And I've seen hundreds of bands. So I had to I had to really think about it and narrow it down. And I was like, man, I, I can't deny Weird Alice a top on, you know, a, a place on the list. Because it was just, it was such an awesome concert. Uh, Harvey was with me. There was a couple other people with me, uh, but uh, you know, chemically, uh, chemically induced uh, amnesia kind of uh, affects that a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, dude, Weird Al Yankovic is number five. Uh, can't beat it. Just 
came out in the fat suit and he came out as Kurt Cobain and then the chili peppers and you know just it was it was fucking awesome. So that that is my number five. I don't really have too much to add, you know, other than you know, I went in there, you know, kind of stoned, you know, drinking a little bit, and by the time I left, I was just full on party mode and just it was so much fun. So much fun. You, you had me scared for a second. You had me scared for a second because you said you were going to. We would be shocked. I thought. I thought for sure you were going to tell me you went to a George Michael concert. Yeah, I knew you were going to pull George out at this time. For the record, I have never saw George Michael, and I can't honestly say I don't think I've ever seen a pop concert. You know, like a pop band or anything. Uh, you okay. know. I, I mean, I've seen plenty of rap bands and plenty of, you know, other kind of bands, but I don't think I've ever been to a full-on pop show, you know? You know, no oh, okay. Taylor Swift or, or or George Michael for me. So I'm glad you don't think that Weird Al is that shocking, but... No, we're, I like Weird Al. I've liked Weird Al forever. I got, like, I used to buy all his albums, and then there towards the end, he got too into... Uh, the rap and R&B and I wasn't down with that. So I kind of shied away, but you know, those early years, probably right around when he did, uh, uh, the one, what was the album with him on the subway? Um, God, I know what you're talking about. Is that the one with the white and nerdy on it and all that stuff? Yeah, that was the last one I really got into. And then it went so much into the rap and all that, which I don't have anything against, but, I miss the old days when, you know, his it was all alternative and rock and rap, all kind of mixed. But he kind of, you know, he's like not he, he must have heard Gene Simmons say rock is dead. So some of that, uh, you know, like um, um, the, the song about uh, foil, aluminum foil and uh, party in the CIA and stuff like that. Those were all good older songs. I'm tacky. <laughs> no, I'm tacky. Yeah, so I I would go see Weird Al again in a heartbeat, you know. And oh yeah, it, it was only like eight bucks when I saw him in '99. Uh, it was only eight bucks, and you know, to, to see him now it'd be probably like fifty or sixty, you know. So, and I did. I I love Weird Al so much. I refuse to watch that movie because it's. I just I. I just, I don't think it'll do Weird Al justice. I've heard it's good. Daniel Craig did a great job, but I refuse to watch it. I I think you are mistaken there, Paul. I I recommend it. Um, it's so fucking corny. You know, it's like corny and it's, it's just awesome, you know. Well, Steve says, what about Huey Lewis? That's pop. And yeah, then he says, you have yeah. an echo. Yeah, I know. I, I tried to fix it. We got that, you know, the best down we could. Uh, Huey Lewis isn't, I wouldn't say that was really pop. It was a great show. It was an awesome show. I'd say that was more of a rock show because he really, he really rocked it out, man, you know? Yeah, I have a, I, I, I think um, Huey Lewis in the news is, they're a mixture. Some of their stuff is like a soft rock and some of it is like a, I wouldn't say uber hard, but like middle of the road. 
but yeah, I wouldn't consider them pop. I just think their yeah. songs hit the pop charts, but I don't think they were out to be pop stars. I think they wanted to be rock singers. Yeah. And the band just rocked it, man. Huey Lewis was a great show. That was so much fun, man. That was that was a real good time, man. He played now, so many before, hits, too. Hit. Oh, yeah. So before I continue, um, I'm going to say this. Or before I start, I'm going to say this. Motley Crue almost made my list. Mine, too, but actually. They, but they suck so bad now, I don't want to admit I ever saw them. That is so funny that you bring that up because my number five was tied between Weird Al and Motley Crue at Alpine Valley on the Dr. Feelgood tour. Fucking one of the first concerts I ever saw, like alone without my parents and stuff. And uh, was with Harvey and my friend Don. They were so amazing, but I took them off the list for exactly what you just said. I've saw them three times since then, and they are fucking horrible, dude. I mean, some of the worst shit, and we're talking, they were horrible live 10 years ago, 15 years ago. You know, so it's not like this whole new thing, like, well, Vince sucks now. No, dude, Vince has sucked for almost 20 fucking years. You know, I'm, so. I, and see, that's the other thing. My well, my wife sent me the 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 post from Facebook earlier today, and she laughed. She thought it was funny. She said because they are the headline this year for Summerfest. Yeah, yeah. And my wife said Metallica will probably never ever be that will never be the headliner of <laughs> Summerfest. So she was making fun of them. But then the the picture of them, you know, it's John Five and the rest of them there. But Vince is skinny as a rail. I'm like, man, this is a good Photoshop artist that did that yeah, picture. Yeah, sure, man. Yeah. But, man, to me, I, I don't know, dude. John Five, I'm a fan. Thought he did great with Two. Uh, thought he was good with Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson. But I don't like him with the crew. I, I just, I mean, I understand. I get it with Mick. I get it. But... Without Mick, it seems like just the band's neutered, you know? Like, you know, John Five can play all the notes and, you know, make them sound crew-ish, but there's just something missing. Man, you know, they said, they, they've been neutered since freaking Vince Neil forgot the lyrics. Right. I mean, <laughs> you're mumbling, you know, kickstart my heart. You know, Whoa, yeah, kiss yeah. Like, dude, you don't know the lyrics? Right. I, I I did see them on the uh, the new tattoo tour, and they were great. They were phenomenal on that tour. But then I saw them with Aerosmith uh, about four or five years later, and it was just it was atrocious. Like me and Harvey were just laughing at it. It was so bad. Like he he barely could get out, you know, every other word. You know, it was like. It's fucking terrible, man. But I still love the crew, you know? And that's the weird thing about it, that they almost made the list because it was so good, and they've sunk so far. Yeah, I I, I just couldn't put them on my list. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Because I figured that was more shocking than than Weird Al. But 
I did. Now, my list is very huge and complete. I've only got five bands here, but right. not only do I have not only do I have the band, but I'm telling you who was there with them, the opening acts. Oh, good. Okay. Oh. I, I, well, uh, some yeah. of mine are like that as well. And so. I have every single set list that they played at that concert. Oh, wow. See, I didn't go that in depth. I mean, I oh. should. Because that would be really awesome to see. I'm just going by memory. Because um, some of them are, are festival shows for me. So we'll we'll have to cross that bridge when we get to it. But Paul... Yeah, what, I'm like... What is, on, I got it. Uh, My number five would be... And I don't know where that one sheet went. So maybe the one band's not going to have... But I'll look where I'm going. My My number five... And you probably won't be too shocked about this. But it was the Monkees' 20th anniversary tour. And their opening acts were Gary Gary Puckett and the Union Gap Band. Okay. Herm, Herman's Hermits and the Grassroots. Those were the opening acts for right. their for their show. So when and was that? That was it, their 20th. I think it was 86. It was 86. I think. All right. It so it was the whole band then. Yes. Well, no, my, Mike Nesmith hadn't started joining them until after they came through Atlanta, so I didn't get to see them with Mike, so it was just the three of them. Right, okay. How was the opening bands? Um, they were great. Um, the Monkees, they're set. They did the last train to Clarksville. A little bit me, a little bit you. I'm not your stepping stone. Cuddly toy, going down. I want to be free. Your Auntie Griselda. She, Cripple Creek. For Pete's sake, that was then. This is now, which was the hit off that album, that their reunion album, Shades of Gray, Look Out, Here Comes Tomorrow, No Time, Daydream Believer, Zilch, Randy Scouse, Git, I Love You Forever, MGBGT, Valerie, I'm a Believer. Then they came out, they left, and then their their encores were Listen to the Band and Pleasant Valley Sunday. That so that was all cool. they played. That is a pretty heavy loaded set list, actually. You know, like yeah. I was really surprised that how many of those songs that I knew, you know. And then Herman's Hermits played I'm Into Something Good. You know that song, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Silhouettes, Can't You Hear My Heartbeat, Sunshine Girl, Dandy, Listen People, Daydream Believer, Just a Little Bit Better, For Your Love, A Must to Avoid. Love Potion number nine and No Milk Today, Jezebel, T. Cruz, Years May Come, Years May Go, Mrs. Brown, You've Got a Lovely Daughter, I'm Henry VIII, and There's a Kind of Hush. <laughs> Henry VIII. And then The Grassroots did a song sooner or later, but that's the only one I could dig up that they played. And Gary Puckett's theirs wasn't listed, so they obviously didn't... Uh, you know, but those, but so, but I remember correctly, Herman's Hermits played, and then it was the Monkees. So those other bands, the other two guys, they were the openers. I always felt that the Monkees, because the Monkees and Herman's Hermits did the about the same long, length of a show, so they were more co-headliners than anything. I mean, it was still the Monkees' twentieth anniversary, but I think they they were like head both headliners. So yeah, I was going to say the Herman's Hermits quite a big. Uh list of hits you know i am working on this echo people so but this the reason why i picked the monkeys 
as my number five was because one, I'm a big fan of them. And you got to remember, you know, they came out in the sixties. This was the eighties. You know, when I found them on syndication and started watching the shows and fell in love with them, I would have never thought my wildest dreams that I would ever see them play live. So when they came and my dad got his tickets, me and my cousin tickets, I flipped my shit. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to get to see the monkeys. And I was so fucking excited. It was the coolest thing. I wasn't, I wasn't upset that they didn't have Michael. It was still good. Could have, would have liked to have heard some of the Michael Nesmith songs from the monkeys, but I was still excited. You know, it was a once and I've never seen them since. So it wasn't, this was actually a once in a lifetime concert for me. I didn't know it then, but I know it now. And that's why it means so much to me. And right. they, were, they were still in their prime, around that, you know, so. Right. Cause they weren't uber old, you know, they weren't, cause you know, they were like young men in, you know, in, in the sixties. So 20 years later, they were still, they're probably the age I am now then, so, yeah. you know, so, so I was like, I was excited. I was ecstatic and they put on a great show. There wasn't a lot of pomp and circumstance or whatever the word I'm looking for. It was just basic. They, you know, the lights would change color here and there. They had no big backdrops or anything fancy. You know, they, they weren't playing upside down drums in a fucking cage. Cause you know, they're full of themselves or anything like that. Right. But you know, it was, yeah, it was, a, it, it, it was in an arena, the Omni international at the time. Uh, it, 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 uh, it was an arena, you know, so they played to a full packed arena house, but it was still, it felt like you're in an arena, but it felt like you were at the fair, you know, it was just, you know, just the guys up there doing their thing and not a lot of flash and chicks singing around. And, you know, Davey had his tambourine and he was dancing and singing. So, you know, Axel Rose snake dance. Yeah, he didn't do that. So it was a good, it was a good, I loved it. I thought it was a great show. And I wish I had, when I was a kid, I used to take, I used to sneak uh, my recorder into concerts. A buddy of mine would do it too. And we used to, and we would record the concerts. So I used to have cassettes of the concerts. They didn't sound good, but it was still that memory. I wish I was a way I could see this concert again. I'm sure, I'm sure it was recorded somewhere along the lines of the tour. And I'm sure they were sold on VHS, but finding one is probably like near to impossible. And I'm not willing to pay probably what they'd want for it. So, but yeah, I'd love to have seen it again. Yeah. yeah, it it was it was a it was awesome. And every song I heard, I was had the episodes in my head, you know, for the older songs. And it was just I'm just a huge. I know it's weird that a big old metalhead cannibal corpse of a motherfucker like me likes the monkeys, but. I love the monkey. So that's why they made my top five. But on my five, that's why they made number five. They're not as big as these other ones, but they are but, deserving but to be on my list. It sticks with you. And I kind of figured you were gonna go with the monkeys because I I mean I know how much you love them and everything. So you know you can't uh, can't deny that. And they played Zilch too, so that's yeah, that and you know Zilch is awesome. Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, Mr. Yeah, Bob. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good tune, man. I kind of feel um, unprepared. I should have pulled up the uh, the set list. I don't have a printer over here or anything. So. Oh, I didn't mean to outshine you, but you know, it's okay, man. It's okay because I'm, you know, some of these, 
it, it wasn't necessarily the songs that they were playing that I remember the most, just the experience and well to, like an, so. to answer Steve's question about the cost of the show back then, I was oh. fortunate because my dad was in the record industry. I was I got I went for free. When we, we used to go to the concerts, we go to the will call box and we got our tickets. So I didn't have to pay for any tickets. But if I recall correctly, the price stamped on the ticket was 15 bucks. So we got to see all those bands for $15. 15 bucks, man. At times they are a change. Yeah. You know, yep. but now the, you know the artists they're not making any money off album sales anymore, so no. they have to get revenue somewhere. So I mean, I understand why the tickets are 60, 70, 90, 100 bucks. But goddamn, back in our day, it, there's only one concert that I would have paid that much for. And you'll hear it. You'll hear about it. But 15 so, bucks, man. Yep, 15 bucks. So now I did go, I do, I, there was one concert I didn't want to, I had to be fair. I've told, I've, I've told people this before. I think I even said it on our show. The very first concert I ever went to was Kiss, but I was so young and really have no recollection. I thought that would be kind of a cop out, you know, to put something on there. I don't even remember. Yeah, it, I mean it's a monumental thing, but if you don't have the memories and the feeling, but right. The only, I mean, I know, I know it's my first concert, but I don't remember it. You know, I remember seeing the people. The only vision I have that I know is my own because I have visions of them on stage, but there's been a gazillion photos of them throughout the decades. So I don't know if it's a picture I saw or me, but I do recall from my own memory, the people in, in the, in the uh, walking through the breezeway of the Omni for, you know, going to your seats. I do remember all the young teenagers at the time with their face paints. And I remember some of them looking like, Oh, is that real person? Is that really? And then the, some of them that looked real bad, you, you knew they weren't. But that's the only <laughs> recollection I have of the concert. I don't remember anything else. My mom would be able to remember it to a T because she took me. But right. me, right. I do not. I do not. I got to see Kiss on their reunion tour. tour. Friggin' amazing. amazing. Just amazing. And Jeez. yes, he, had, you could, he could get you backstage passes. Yes. So yes to that question, too. God, that would have been awesome. So now I want to hear your number four. Number four. Trying to see if I can get that echo going. Uh, number four for me is the opening day of the Use Your Illusion tour for Guns N' Roses at Alpine Valley. Skid Row opened up. Um, I should have pulled the set list, but this show was a big deal. Uh, me and my girlfriend, uh, we waited, and, and her friend and everything. Back in the day before the internet, you actually had to camp out and wait for tickets to go on sale, you know, or you weren't going to get them. So we ended up camping out in front of uh, Bergner's or Boston stores in the Janesville Mall, and she was out there. <laughs> She got out there at like seven o'clock at night and we were out there until eight o'clock in the morning and there were hundreds of people waiting for tickets, but um, we were the first in line. I mean, I ended up going home for a little bit and coming back because my parents were kind of weird, but 
Uh, we ended up getting, uh, you know, first in line, got our tickets, um, and we got the 16th row at the opening day of the Use Your Illusion Tour from Guns N' Roses. And it was insane. The energy was crazy. Harvey went to this one with me as well, but he doesn't remember it as well as I do. Um, Axel was in a cast. He had just broke his leg uh, at one of the practice shows. And he was coming out with, uh, you know, that like umpire uniform with the chest plate so he wouldn't get yeah. hit with shit. And he's running all over the stage, threw his uh, threw his mic stand, hit a roadie in the head. Uh, it was just a real volatile, crazy environment. And it was the first time I ever heard uh, estranged, live and let die, um, coma, uh, November rain. Just they, they played all these songs because Use Your Illusion wasn't out yet. So it was, you know, all these new songs from the album. It was such a big deal, you know, because Guns N' Roses was like on top of the world. And again, Axel sounds like a, a Muppet or something today. But I still love Axel. I still love Chinese democracy. And I've never got to see him since, you know. Skid Row was phenomenal. Um, saw those guys probably about six times with uh, Sebastian Bach back in the day. And then they just kind of, you know, they just turned to shit. <laughs> but uh, it was a crazy show. Just good memories, you know, with my first girlfriend and all that bogus stuff. And uh, just one that really sticks out because it was... You know, the User Illusion Tour went on for probably a good two years after that show. And it, it just feels like that was an important show for me to, to it, it, it had to make the list because it was, it was a monumental show for me. Yeah, Use Your Illusion 1 or 2 are my, are my favorites of theirs. And yeah. I do know, I do, I mean, yeah, everybody loves Appetite for Destruction and it was awesome, but I just... I just went, I just, I just like Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 better. But I remember when it came out, I was in the record store buying it because um, I bought, I was living in Germany when it came out. Right. And I remember the old timers um, in the store were all like, these Guns N' Roses guys must be full of themselves. Back in our day, we, you know, how we say things now, but they were like, back in our day, they just would have made it a double LP. But no, they got to charge you two full price CD costs. And, it, it, and you know what I mean? They were agitated because, you know, back in the day, instead of it being, you know, 15 and 15 being $30 for both, you could have probably got them both for 20, you know, a double LP price. So they were all bitching and moaning. And it was like, I, I you know, and I was, of course, I was like, you know, we didn't have those sayings like, okay, boomer and shit back then. But, you know, you'd look at your friend and be like, the fuck's up with these grandpas? Of course, now I'm that guy who fucking says, "Well, back in my day, you damn snowflakes." Yeah, so you know, I, I, yeah. So, but I don't think, I don't think you know, I don't think it was their. There's that accent. I don't think it's uh, it was their decision. You know what I mean? It, uh, you know, I, I heard him talk about it, and they said something to the effect of a double LP would have taken up too much 
shelf space for an album as big as what Use Your Illusion was. So they figured if it was two separate albums, it would be easier to stock shelves with it. And of course, they wanted to do as much of a cash grab as they could. But, uh, but you know, I thought that too. I'm like, man, you couldn't just sell it as one gigantic album, you know? But I think I'd like part two better. Oh, and Civil War, man. Yes, Civil yes, War sir. was the, the first song I heard off Use Your Illusion. And they played it, and it was fucking... Just it was such an man. I was only 16 years old, and I think I saw a lot of shit at the Guns N' Roses show that I probably shouldn't have seen at that age. Like people fucking in the aisles and people whipping the dicks out and pissing like in the seats. And it was just, it was madness. It was sheer madness. It was fucking. It was great. It was a great show, a great time. And unfortunately, I've never got to see Guns N' Roses ever again. I have wanted never? to go. Nah. I've wanted to go so many times. Uh, I really wanted to see the Chinese Democracy Tour because I think you and me are the only people that love that album um, and, and that iteration of the band. But, uh, you know, health-wise, I just... Never got to go. Never got to see him again. The only the only time I saw them was when they opened for Bon Jovi. So they were. It was. I do believe it was them. They opened, and like nobody was there. They were all walking around getting drinks and and getting souvenirs. But me and my buddy Jason, we saw. We watched Guns N' Roses, and then we were like, I. I hadn't heard them. We, I don't even, rem- I do recall I had I, maybe welcome to the jungle. I might've seen on MTV, but we weren't familiar. And I was like, they're awesome. But cause it was them. And then Cinderella played and then Bon Jovi played. So, yeah. so I, so I've only, at least you saw them later on when they were headlining, you know, when I saw them, they were just openers when there was nothing, they did a great show. They did a great show. You know, I like them just as much as I like Cinderella. I wasn't a big Bon Jovi fan, but yeah. I definitely, you know, I didn't hate them, but I definitely needed to, I want, I was there mainly. I like Cinderella. Right. See that tour. I remember that tour and it was a big deal because Cinderella and Bon Jovi were huge, you know, but I wanted to go for Cinderella and I didn't know who Guns N' Roses was back then either. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, got introduced to Guns N' Roses with uh, Welcome to the Jungle. You know, they played it one time on Headbangers Ball. And I was like, who the fuck is this? This is amazing. And I uh, wanted to grow my hair out like him and everything. And, you know, then, uh, of course, Sweet Child of Mine came out. And then, you know, they exploded. But I thought it was funny because Sweet Child of Mine came out like a full year after I had the album. You know, I, I hunted down the album, you know, the, you know, I, I searched for it for like two weeks right after I saw the first video. You couldn't really get it anywhere. And uh, I was just laughing, you know, Sweet Child came out and I'm like, man, this album's already been out for a year, you know. Hey, it's Bob Easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ICP show, Bob Easy. 
Yeah, that was, uh, I was just talking about that show the other day. We were all dressed up as clowns and my buddy Bob almost got into a fight with this guy. And, you know, we're out, we're rolling deep with some big dudes all dressed as clowns and we stepped up and we're going to Kung Fu this guy in the next week, man. See, you wanted to look like, you wanted to look like Axel. And I yep. wanted to look like uh, Bolin from uh, Skid Row. I wanted the earring attached to a nose ring. Yeah, well, we all did, man. You know, we all did. Rachel Bolin, dude. But Axel was pretty popular when he put the, you know, there was a lot of pictures. He didn't do it a lot, but there were, you know, where he would do the hair like the chicks. Yeah, you know? yeah. He just yeah. stopped that, man. But when he when he first came out and he had the big old hairdo, I wanted to be Axel so. I mean, I was only like 13, 14 years old, but I was like, yeah, that's that's what I want to be right there, that dude. Well, at least you wanted to be Axel and not do Axel. Yeah, yeah. There was never any uh, weird homoerotic stuff. I just wanted to be him to get all the chicks, you know what I mean? Right. So it worked for a while. I got a few chicks, but I'm a pretty big, ugly dude, so it didn't last for long. <laughs> so... I, I, I'm a better violent Shay than I am an Axel Rose. I'll put it that way. <laughs> but, so, Paul, what is your number four? My number four is Rush from the Hold Your Fire Tour. And who opened up for them? Good old MSG. Oh, wow. Okay. I've never got to see MSG. Now, yep. did you, before, I, before you go, was it? Michael Shanker or was it Macaulay Shanker? Macaulay Shanker. Ah, good deal. Okay, because there was two MSGs, but but uh, they okay. uh, they 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 played Big Money, okay, Subdivisions, okay. Limelight, Marathon, Turn the Page, Prime Mover, Manhattan Project, Closer to the Heart, Red Sector A. Force 10, Time Stand Still, which was off the album, Distant Early Warning, Lock and Key, Mission, Territories, YYZ, and then that went into his drum solo, which to this day is still the best drum solo I've ever fucking seen in my life. Uh, you're not going to get better than Neil Peart. <laughs> Red Lenses, The Spirit of the Radio, Tom Sawyer, then they did 2112 Part 1 and 2112 Part 2. Okay. La Villa, Strangiato, however you pronounce it, right. and then in the mood, and then and then in the mood, and then MSG played "Give Me Your Love," "Time," "Lost Horizons," "Into the Arena," and "Rock Bottom." So that was what they 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 were very they didn't get a lot of time. I think they were mainly on maybe thirty minutes, forty minutes, thirty forty five. But really, but, MSG those songs those are the only ones that I really know. You know, and I mean I. Surprised that he busted out a couple UFO tunes in there, but but it's just that's one of those cool bands that you can say you saw that not a lot of people did. I right. have never got to see Rush. I never got to see him. Um, you know, I got into Rush a little bit later on in life. Um, you know, they kind of weren't 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 my thing at, at, at first, and then you know I started. Because all my drummer friends were like, oh, my God, man, Neil, Neil Pert or Pirate, how they'd say, you know, and it's always Neil Pert to me. I don't give a fuck. And uh, 
you know, they'd go on about Tom Sawyer, you know, just so it, they, they kind of grew on me over time. But, you know, I got a buddy, Matt Ebert. He saw Rush a couple times and really loved him. Uh, but I've never, never got to see him. One of the yeah, I, I, of my life. They're one of my top fives. I, I love them to death. I love all their music. Right. Um, even before Neil joined, when, you know, with yeah, working man and yeah so they I, i've always loved them and i was excited to to finally go and um it was i i still to this day remember they had the, the big screen in the back and the show kicks off with the three stooges song and the instead of the three stooges they superimposed their faces over the three stooges and that's how they opened the show and then as soon as that big money was the first song they played and it was, it was, it was, it was an awesome show. I love it. The only thing that was weird, they did have to pipe in, you know, everybody talks about nowadays, you know, like somebody posted the picture or uh, uh, one of these DJs was complaining the other day, Eddie Trunk saying about, you know, everybody used, he watched that Millie Vanilli. Uh, he watched that Millie Vanilli uh, uh, documentary, documentary. Yeah. And he says now, you know, back then, if you lip synced, it was the end of the world. But now they're all, all the record companies want you to lip sync and they want it. So it's like the tables have turned. But uh, they had to pipe in for Time Stand Still. Amy Mann, she did the voice. Uh, she did the she did the female voice when he would do the chorus. She would say, time, you know, she would do her parts. Obviously, she wasn't with them on tour because she had her own group. But yeah, uh, yeah. she, she, they had to pipe that in. So that was probably the only lip syncing that was done, or that any play track that was done. They just fed her hers into it. I don't know how I, I know. feel about backing tracks. I mean, I, I've seen so many bands that have used them. You know, it's just kind of like the norm. As long as they're like playing along to it, you know, I can understand how they use it to enhance stuff, but. You know, I mean, I'm, Rush, I, I would almost expect it a little because, you know, Geedy Lee is doing like 15 things at once, singing, playing bass, keyboards with his feet, fucking slap <laughs> dick on his leg for a beat, you know, or whatever. It's I just, all, all I know is for me, the only time I've always excused lip syncing and didn't care that they did it was TV shows. Like back in our day with the bandstand and, and all that stuff. It's like I understood the wait for TV. Maybe the acoustics in the studio would sound like shit. So just play the song and then we'll fill, you know, lip sync it. I was okay with that. That that, that didn't bother me. But yeah, it bothers if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pay money, I mean legit money that I worked hard for or your wife or whoever. I want them to be playing. I don't, I I'm totally against it for concerts. Totally against it. You won't no, find I me agree. on that. I can understand it, but I would much rather have just a straight up live show. Even if it sounds like ass, you know, well, except for Motley Crue. Motley Crue, you know, that's, but I don't think I'd pay to see them again. So I did. I've seen them four times though. Too good, too bad. So. So yeah, I seen them. go you go ahead, man. Oh, I seen them twice. I the the girls, girls, girls is when he was in the cage. Yeah, yeah. Doctor, yeah. Doctor Feelgood was when he came out over the crowd. Yep, and yep. did his thing and then came back over. So I've seen him twice too. And I gotta throw this in there, dude. 
if you watch the same old situation video, that was the Motley Crue show that I was at at Alpine Valley. I am in that video by proxy, but you really have to look. There's a scene when Tommy Lee is out. He's playing drums, and it shows him, like, going over the crowd. And if you look, this projectile shoots straight up in the air, and you don't know what the fuck it is. That was me, dude. I threw a shoe. It was in the middle of a sod fight at Alpine Valley. The shoe hit me in the back. And like a dumbass, instead of just throwing it back into the crowd, I threw it straight up in the air. And somehow they caught this on video. I'm in, uh, you know, I, I'm in the video. If you look for it, someday I'll show it to you. But I'm I'm in the video. <laughs> now my parents, right. yeah, they wouldn't let me go to the girls, girls, girls tour. I was too young, and they were like uh, oh, drug addicted Molly crew, girly looking fuckers. You know, I don't want to use the word that my dad used. <laughs> I'm sure you know what it is. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, but when it came to Dr. Feelgood, man, I was all about that. Yeah, my dad actually went to the store, the record store, to buy me and my buddies copies of Dr. Feelgood the day it came out. And he dropped them off to me at, at high school. I had lunch. So me and all my buddies had Dr. Feelgood before everybody else did. I was, I was Mr. Fucking Cool that day, you know. <laughs> but God. So I guess we're on number three now, huh? Yeah, lay it on me. Number three. Another Alpine Valley show. A lot of the good shows I've seen have been, has been at Alpine Valley. It is Lollapalooza 1992. A festival show. It had Lush, the Jesus and Mary Chain, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Ice Cube, Ministry, and Red Hot Chili Peppers. And it was fucking phenomenal. Me and Harvey went. And it, it was awesome. It started out great. We're just having a good time, me and Harvey. And, you know, Pearl Jam, don't remember Lush and Jesus and Mary Chain all that much. I mean, they were okay, but they were the warm-up gigs. Pearl Jam came on. It's in the height of the height of their popularity. And it was nuts. There's 40,000 people there. Pearl Jam's going nuts. Ed, you know, Eddie Vedder's climbing on the rafters. Not a huge Pearl Jam fan now, but back then it was insane. And they went on really early in the afternoon. So the crowd was just charged up and it was crazy. Then Soundgarden hit and Chris Cornell. I love Chris Cornell. Soundgarden. I was such a Soundgarden head back in the day that I was going nuts. But this is when the acid started coming. People started giving me and Harvey took a little bit of acid before we went in and then we met some people and they gave us some more acid. And, you know, that's just a fact of life. Anybody listening, I did drugs back in the day. So me and Harvey are just tripping balls, just dancing. Like, eh, what the fuck? Eh, just going nuts. <laughs> Ice Cube comes on. 
and most of the entire crowd like kind of sits down and and starts relaxing and harvey tripping his balls off is the only one standing up out of like forty thousand people at least that's what it felt like and harvey's just every single song he's bouncing a gangster and fucking you know getting all goofy having a good time and then we both peaked during ministry and this is the the psalm 69 tour you know they mm, okay. the big movie screens with you know uh you flashing lights and al had this big microphone stand with all these bones on it and looked like a skeleton and he's you know just doing the al jorgensen thing and uh it was surreal it didn't really feel real after at that point the whole ministry show and uh you know chili peppers came out and uh you know they came out dressed as light bulbs then they had flames on their head and uh, you know i can't tell you I the the only songs I really remember are the Ice Cube songs. I remember most of Pearl Jam's set because they only had one album. Uh, I remember Soundgarden did a cover of uh, "Fuck the Police" by uh, N.W.A. and uh, you know Ministry did most of Psalm sixty nine. You know Thieves, some stuff off uh, "Land of Rape and Honey." Just an amazing show. And me and Harvey, we got some strange memories from that concert and some of the people that we met. And, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't air our dirty laundry about doing the acid, but it was part of the show, you know, and such a great time. We had just got out of high school and one of the best festival shows I've ever seen. And, Definitely has stuck with me as one of the best shows I've ever been to. Because it, it was sounds so, like it was. It was it was great. It, it sound, I, I never got to go to a Lollapalooza, but my thing is if the, if there's bands that I'm not familiar with or that I know I don't like, I try not. You know, I, I, I so I some some of the bands that would come to Lollapalooza weren't my thing, so I never went to one, but. I mean, like the one that you were at, I probably wouldn't have gone to that one, but it was still, I mean, you, there were some good bands in there, though. Some awesome yeah, bands. Yeah, there was definitely. There. I mean, it was a, such a big thing, you know, because it was before OzFest came around. and uh, You know, I was such a huge ministry and Soundgarden fan that I had to see them. You know, Pearl Jam, I had to see. Red Hot Chili Peppers, it was different back then with the Chili Peppers. You know, now... I don't like them nearly as much as I did back then, you know, you know, like mother's milk and, and blood sugar, sex, magic, great albums and definitely a different time. Like now, now I don't think I could, I'd really want to see the chili peppers again, but, and then blinky the doll Harvey, Harvey will know what I'm talking about. I can't really explain. We, we were carrying around this, this doll we found in the parking lot. It was like this big baby doll thing. And we put its head on a on a stick. And we were carrying around this baby's head on a stick for some reason. I, I don't know why we were just messed up, but it was just part of the show, you know? 
Well, I want to bring this back up. And I don't know if Random Rick is still watching, but I did go to the Kiss Hot in the Shade tour right. when they were in when they were in Tinley Park in Illinois. I were I don't remember the two opening acts. I do believe one of them was Faster Pussycat, but I don't remember who the other one was. So if you can remember who the other one was, um, let me know. But I do it, obviously it was Kiss. Though. But I remember Faster Pussycat was there, but I don't remember who the other act was. I, I keep thinking Slaughter, but I don't know if it was Slaughter or not. So if you remember, let me know, because I don't. And it says he, he uh, won with Slaughter when I went, he said. And then he said Slaughter they suck. Was Slaughter was, I don't know, Slaughter... Before I get to my my number three, Slaughter always was felt like it was just Vinnie Vincent 2.0. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But I am not a Vinnie Vincent person. I'm not I'm a not Vinnie either. Vincent. I'm not either. I always want. I always. I'm just gonna, you know, gonna just gonna tell the. Be honest. I gotta be honest. I used to think the fucker was a chick. Well, I, I always thought now, man. Have you seen always, him? <laughs> no, I haven't seen it now, but I always I swore up and down Vinny Vincent was a just an ugly ass woman. That's what I always thought. Dude, dude, look him up now. He looks like a uh, like a little Jewish grandma now. Oh, he does? Oh my god, it's there's so much speculation on whether or not he's a trans person or, or something like that. And nobody'll address it. Nobody's willing to talk about it, but he he looks so much like a little old lady right now. It's, it's insane. I mean, you know, Mark Slaughter was pretty, pretty back then too, you know? Yeah. I, I just, I just, my thing is, I mean, I mean, if Vinnie Vincent wears under, you know, wears panties all day long, I don't care. Cause I don't like the guy regardless. He could, he yeah. could be straight. He could be gay. He could be a pronoun, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't like him. So it wouldn't matter to me. Yeah. I, mean, I always, I thought Mark St. John was a better guitar player than freaking Vinnie Vincent. Yeah, just Mark St. John. What are the saddest stories of rock and roll? But that's it for another day. I mean, yes. yeah, Lick It Up wasn't really that great of a riff, you know? Dig, 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 dig. You know? It's, yeah, uh, you yeah, know? And you just gave me a, a future episode idea. We can do our f top five uh, Kiss albums. Yeah, see yeah. if we see if I, we might match up and it could be a 30 minute episode now yeah i would have to do some thought on that because i have them all uh you know except like i don't think i have like double platinum or a live three i don't think i have but i have um 90 of all the other ones so yeah we'll have to think about that a little bit yeah so i, I, I am going like crazy but that's a different story. Yes. So I am going to do my number three now. Number three. My number three was Def Leppard's Hysteria Tour. Yay! With, the, <laughs> with, 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 with opening acts Tesla and Queensryche. Oh, okay. Well, you sweeten the pot a bit. I like Def Leppard. Don't get me wrong. I just wanted to yell you were gay out of nowhere. <laughs> Queensryche did Anarchy X, Revolution Calling, Operation Mind Crime, yeah. Speak, Spreading the Disease, Take Hold of the Flame, 
breaking the silence. I don't believe in love and eyes of a stranger. Wow. So it was the uh, mind crime tour. Yeah. And then uh, Tesla did coming at you live. Okay. Too late for love. Getting better. Cover queen. Changes. Little Susie. Easy come, easy go. Rock me to the top in modern day cowboy. Oh yeah, that's and good. Then, that's good. And that's then, good. and then, you know, as you would put it, those fags in Def Leppard, <laughs> they did, they did stage fright, rock, yeah, rock till right. you drop. Women, too late for love, hysteria. Then he did it. Steve Clark did a guitar solo, and I do believe I can say, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God, God, gods of war. Die Hard the Hunter, Bring It on a Heartbreak, Foolin', Animal, Pour Some Sugar on Me. Then Phil Collins did a guitar solo, who's built like a freaking muscular yeah, fucking whatever, yeah, the fuck, freak of nature. Then they did Rock. Yeah, then they did Rock of Ages. Then they did came back. They did two encores. The first one was Love Bites, and the second one was Photograph. The only thing that bothered me, they didn't play Don't Shoot Shotgun. That agitated me because that's yeah, my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But here's the here. This is why I went. I wanted to see Tesla. I wanted to see Queensryche. And you can call me gay, but I wanted to see Def Leppard because one, they were the first band to put their stage in the center of the arena. So you yeah, could be yeah. all the way around. Yeah, there was no, you know, blocked off areas. Now I was reading up about this. They got them on stage. They put them in those big old laundry baskets that they use in hotels and stuff to wheel them out there while it was dark. But so they, so, but they were, the, they, they were in the center of the stage and I thought that was going to be so cool and, 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 and different, but I had to see this guy play drums with one arm with my own fucking eyes. I had right. to see it. Dude. I'm so not that was, so I, it was a great show, man. It was a great show of all the, okay. When I went to the monkeys, it was old people. When I went to Rush, it was all a bunch of sausages. Was, when I went to Def Leppard, there was pussy as far as the eye could see. Yeah, see, I was just going to bring that up. I mean, you got the the, the chick ratio would have would have been incredible at that show. So oh I, yeah, I can't yell gay because there was probably more chicks at that show <laughs> than my entire top five put together. You know, so but, I, and, and I bought Hysteria. You know, right when it came out, I loved it. Thought it was cool. You know, um, they they put on a great show. It was yeah. they it was really good. You know, I remember I love I got to see with my own eyes Phil's Dracula fucking guitar. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. It, and it was just they did a great job. And the way it was set up, you know, you they would they would, you know, at sometimes they'd go to the other side and you'd be like, damn. But then they would come back around and it was just it was it was a good show. But I will say, I did, pref I did, I like Tesla, but when I saw their show, I fell in love with Tesla. I, I am a huge totally Tesla fan now be because I saw them live. Yep. They are a really good live band. You know, some don't make the transition. Tesla was really good live. And, and so was Queensryche. That's what I was going to ask. I've seen Queensryche uh, three or four times. I've seen him do mind crime all the way through and like one of their special shows always put on a great show, even though I think Jeff Tate's kind of a weenie, but, and that's the only word I think I can use for him. I, you know, it, 
just kind of a dink, you know. Uh, but Tesla, yeah, I was really surprised by them. I've only got to see them twice. And both times it was like, God damn, man, these guys are like dead on, you know, just really good live band, a lot of energy. Um, and, and it's surprising how many hits they have that you you're like, wow, dude, that's like I like I know all of these songs, you know, like great, great band. I'm going to say this, probably get some booze, get some hisses, but without Jeff Tate, I don't listen to Queens, right? Oh, I agree. Even though I will add the stuff with the new guy is good. It's not bad at all, but I just don't have any interest without Jeff Tate. I mean, cause man, mind crime was such dude. That album was so friggin' phenomenal when it came out. And I loved Queens, right? I wanted to see him with Metallica when they played, but I didn't get to go to that show, but, but yeah, just, well, I well, haven't bought or downloaded anything from Queens, right? Since Jeff left. Well, and since Jeff you say that great either. Well, since you say, you know, you like him, so you like them, you, you like their music without Jeff. If you find a big pile of human poop in your yard, I didn't do that. I, I didn't do that. <laughs> gotcha, man. Gotcha. It, now, it's, now it's, it's, if more of it comes on my list, then you can. <laughs> here's the thing about here. Here, my take on certain things. Sometimes, like, okay, when Vince Neil left Motley Crue and he did that solo album, I really like that song. You're invited, but your friend can't come. I like yep. that whole. He did a good job with that. He did a good job with that album, and Motley Crue did a good job without him. I, I'll always say that. But there are some bands like I don't like Queensrÿche without Jeff, and I don't like Jeff on his own. Right. So I it's like you know. But I read you know going through and researching for my episode, I now I I never really truly knew why he left, and it all started over them firing his wife as their manager. Yeah, and that's and then, that, the same thing with Sepultura. Uh, you know, Max Max left Sepultura because of a dispute about his wife. And uh, I won't listen to Sepultura anymore w- without Max. That, Even though the shit's pretty good, I just changed the fucking name, dude. You know, like... Queensryche, Sepultura, the Beatles. Look, I this is going to sound like a sexist pig, and I'm not, but I'm saying it. Leave your women at home, man. Yeah. Leave your women at home. Yeah, Stay out of the band. Fuck you know. Yoko Ono, dude. Sorry, I just had to get that out there. Yoko Ono and Morrissey could like just go fuck off and die somewhere. I mean, the women. Hey, I love Ozzy Osbourne, but I think Sharon's kind of turned him into a joke in his old age. You know, that duet with Miss Piggy on that Prince of Darkness box set bugged me. It still fucking bugs me. So you know, I'm just. I love the Muppets, but it just didn't fit. You know. And then he yeah, did that PlayStation VR commercial last year, the year before. It's like I don't understand why, you know. It's like uh, I don't want to get into it. I'll get I'll get hate mail. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it at that. Leave your women at home. I got gotcha, you. If gotcha. you're in a band, if you're in a band, never you know, just you know, if you're in a band, or if you're Kathleen Kennedy, stay the fuck home. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. No shit. So what's your uh, number two? Here's where the technically part comes in. Uh, I don't know if this is going to fly, if this counts, but it has to. But I could not narrow it down to one. 
my number two, just in general, is Guar. I've saw Guar 11 times. And to ask me what was their best show, it would be like, uh, you know, choosing which kid you like the best. Uh, I saw him in Racine. I saw him in Madison. I saw him in Milwaukee. I uh, saw him with ICP. Saw him with Flipper. Saw him with the Dickies. Just hunt, just so many different bands. And I've had so many gallons of guar blood and piss and other bodily fluids sprayed on me. Um, Harvey and I used to make it a point to go in, in uh, the front row at guar shows just so we could just get obliterated, you know, just totally coated with stuff. My parents used to tell me if I was going to a guar show, I could not come back into the house until I I took my clothes off and threw them in the basement so I wouldn't get the shit all over the house. And, well, they didn't even want me to throw in the basement. They wanted me to, like, set the clothes outside. So I'd have to have an extra set of clothes, get changed real quick. It's, uh, it's you know, it sounds more, way crueler than it is. but And uh, we got pulled over by the cops after a guar show one time. And uh, they thought we were in some kind of gang fight. And we had to explain to them, no, you know, we see this band that like cuts people's heads off and rips people's guts out. And I saw Dave Brocky, the lead singer, kill more people than I can even name. And there was only one time where I knew he went too far. And it's they killed John Benet Ramsey. And he looks at me dead in the eye when he's doing this. And I just shook my head like, no, no, this is too much. But I got the honor of meeting Dave Brocky uh, before he died. Uh, you know, I think he thought it was awesome that I recognized him without his makeup. And then I realized that I had been seeing Dave Brocky at all the Guar shows that I ever went to. And he was like kind of always lurking in the background. And then to finally talk to him, it was like, God, I could have been friends with this guy for for years. But, you know, the best prop I ever saw was something called the Reaganator, which was a 10-foot robot Ronald Reagan. And when they put a sword in the center of it, this thing popped open. And there was a little tiny Nancy Reagan inside the robot Reagan, and it was driving the robot and it was the coolest friggin prop I have ever seen it was just it was unreal man Gotta so ask. I guess so, so I guess Gwar were your Grateful Dead you went and saw yes. him every chance you got okay. every single chance I got we never missed a show never um uh, you know, and, and we're talking from when I was 17 years old, uh, well, almost into my 40s going to see Guar shows. Uh, when Dave died, it was it was a really it was a huge blow. Another one of the bands that I can't I can't listen to Guar. 
I still respect him. I still love him. I still think it's cool that they're going on and doing what they're doing. But I had to leave him behind because without Dave Brocky, it just it, it, it hurts to listen to them now. It just makes me sad. You know, I'm glad that kids these days are going to see the blood shooting and the props and the makeup and stuff and and the costumes. But they're missing such a huge piece of the puzzle with with Dave Rocky's humor and, and just how vulgar it was. Just man, dude, I got hit in the face with a fucking piece of shit. They had these things called shitapults, right? And they had these little bags full of fake shit. And they would launch them into the crowd. Well, they launched one. And I'm in the front row. And the thing just pops up and fucking hits me dead in the face. So I got fake shit all over my face. And then the lead singer comes over and proceeds to come and piss in my face and almost drown me, dude. He must have hit me with, it felt like 10 gallons. I'm just standing there pinned up against the stage and he's singing, you know, and just pee it all. Like, and it's fake pee, of course, you know, and sorry to be vulgar. I know your family's going to watch this, but it's okay, right? Uh, unreal show. You know, and then Harvey was just as crazy going to these things, man. He'd he'd mosh people and be in the pit in the front row. If he didn't get totally soaked, he thought it was a bad show. So Guar is my umbrella number two. I just got a text message from Fernando. You just gave him some new uh, ammunition. So you'll have to. Find out next week what he's gonna do with uh with that 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 tidbit of information. Right. Fernando better stay away from Guar, man. Guar's <laughs> my band, dude. I got all their albums, the whole bit, man. I love them. And you've never you've never requested it. Go I, figure. Yeah, Harvey and I both were talking about it. We were like, uh, you know, what Guar song should we? And we were going to do one called Rock and Roll Never Felt So Good, but uh, we we dialed that back. It might be a little bit, they say some fucked up shit. What is that little emoji? Is that like a puke emoji or something? Yeah, from what you were uh, just referring to. Yeah, and, sorry. Yeah. I know that was pretty gross for you guys. If you don't know what the lead singer of Guar wears this gigantic dong, like it's called the cuttlefish of Cthulhu. It's literally like a three foot dong with eyes and they have pneumatic hoses that's hooked up to it. And it just shoots, you know, like a garden hose stream of stuff. So it's not like the lead singer was like kissing in my face or anything, you know, but I just figured, you know, somebody out there would have, you know, chose a Guar song for the Halloween episode instead of Heft. I'm just saying. Oh my God! Will you get off Heft, dude? It's an awesome tune. Was the best song on the record because it wasn't in the what? Movie. Best song. Okay, on the 
them's fighting words. I'm gonna take my rubber glove and run over to your house. I'm gonna. Oh man, you ain't gonna do, do it. A, I'm gonna do I'll, the. I'm gonna do the Bugs Bunny duel. Dude, I'll have to back in the next week, man. I'll just pick <laughs> you up and just have you right in the lawn, then come over and take a big old Cleveland steamer right on your yard. Put a little fast wave flag on there. <laughs> so with that, what is your number two, Paul? I'm interested. My number two is Pink Floyd's Momentary Lapse of Reason. Oh, yes. Now, they had no opener because they have enough of a discography where they yeah. didn't need one. So much that they did two different sets. So they didn't, you know, but it was Pink Floyd's Momentary Lapse. So before I get into the explanation, I'm going to. Sh- so their first set, they opened with Shine on You Crazy Diamond, parts yep. one through five, yep. through five. Right. But then they did Signs of Life, Learning to Fly, yet another movie, Round and Round, A New Machine Part One, Terminal Frost, A New Machine Part Two, Sorrow, The Dogs of War, and On the Turning Away. And then that was the first set. So they opened with a, a classic Floyd, and then they played the entire album of Momentary Lapse. Oh, okay. Then they, yeah, then they came back, and they played One of These Days, Time, on the Run, Wish You Were Here, Welcome to the Machine, Us and Them, Money, Another Brick in the Wall Part 2, and Comfortably Numb. And then they left. And then they came back for the encore, and they did one slip for Momentary Lapse of Reason, and then they did Run Like Hell, and that was the show. Right, right. Now, for obvious reasons, this was number two, because it was Pink Floyd. Um, I was, I didn't know... You know, they had been around so long. They had just, this was them showing the middle finger to Roger Waters and saying, hey, we're successful and you're gone. So fuck you. And so I wanted to, I want, and I wanted to see Pink Floyd because they were old and you didn't know, are they going to quit? Now, I didn't know, you know, if I'd known there was going to be a division bell, maybe I wouldn't have been so, I got to go, I got to go. But I thought this might be it. As you got to remember, this is the 80s. I'm listening to people my dad's age agitated because Led Zeppelin wouldn't get together and do anything. And they never did until like the anniversary thing. And that was, you know, what, the 90s? So for the record company, I, I, I so I'm just saying they, I didn't want to miss an opportunity to see Pink Floyd before I died, you know, because I thought, you know, maybe this is it, you know. They're going to do this album and then retire. And I just, I had to have that Pink Floyd concert in my back pocket. In my, like my mom took me to see Rolling Stones and in Louisville. And we, we drove from Chicago to Louisville to see the Rolling Stones. And she said, um, she wanted to take me to see the Rolling Stones. I wasn't that big of a fan of them at the time when she took me. After that, I got more into them, but like for my mom. She didn't know Steel Wheels. As far as she knew, Steel Wheels was going to be their last album. And she wanted to share a moment with me to take me to somebody she grew up on. So she took me to see the Rolling Stones. That's how it was for me with by myself. Well, with, I went with my friend for Pink Floyd. I thought I'd never, you know, this was going to be it. Right. They've been doing this for a long time. So I had to go see Pink Floyd. And momentary lapse of reason. I know there's a lot of people on both sides, but I feel... It is one of their top albums. They've got a lot of great albums, but I think, you know, 
for an album, for one, an album without Roger Waters, I think is magnificent because that out they showed what they wanted to do. And if you listen to the stuff, I don't have anything against you know the the um, uh, Radio Chaos or Hitchhiker. What was the name of that album? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, that that wasn't a bad album. But Gilmore wanted to go in this direction. This is the direction he wanted Pink Floyd to go, and Rogers didn't want him to. And you know, so this I just I just love how this album showed that we don't need you. You think we do, right. but we do not. Well, and I I'm just his mouth so much too, you know. Right, and I just I just thought I just thought momentary lapse. I loved it. You know, learning to fly. That was the first single. It was an awesome album, Dogs of War. That's all on the Turning Away is my favorite song on the whole album. Yeah. I just, I did a grandpa's playlist on this album. I'm just a big fan of it. But I don't want people to think I it's my only favorite Pink Floyd album. You know, I love Umaguma and Metal and Saucer Full of Secrets. I love all that stuff. But this was just, you know, a Pink Floyd album made in my generation. You know what I mean? It, it was, oh, yeah. it, it I felt like, you know, they were making it for people my age. And I think, you know, they did a great job. And it meant the world to me to see them live. They put on a f magnificent show. They had a they had a pink pig inflatable up there. And it was just, yep. Yep. It, it was it was an awesome concert. You know, I went with a buddy and it was just, I have fond, fond memories of that Pink Floyd concert. It was just, you see, they played some great songs. I mean, opening up with all five parts of Shine On You Crazy Diamond, it was awesome, you know? It was just, deal, yeah, yeah and, and it's just, you know, I like, I actually like Momentary Lapse of Reason better than I like the Vision Bell. There's I some good stuff on the Vision Bell. But, but it's just not as solid of an album. Right, but I like Endless River, but it, it feels more like an experimental album than because yeah. they don't sing. It's all instrumental. Yeah, I so, didn't like Endless River at all. I thought it was all outtakes from. Uh, I thought it was all stuff that they were working on during Division Bell, and I thought it was pretty boring, to be honest with you. But I mean, it David, was, it was Pink Floyd, but I wasn't into cause, it because Gilmore loved that instrumental, that new machine, and new machine that that you know he loves the instrumental stuff. But David Gilmore is one of those guitar players that. Somebody could, dr I could be in a car driving and if a car in another lane on the highway or a car nearby or a business or something, you, you hear that guitar. He's got that, you know, like some guitar players, you really can't tell, like, you know, unless you know the band, you can't, a lot of people can't say, Oh, I know that guitar player. Gilmore is the kind of guy you, you know, when he's playing, he's, he's he has his own sound. Definitely a signature Gilmore sound. Yeah, you you gotta love it. So, I you know I never got to see the uh, the momentary lapse of reason tour. I was in eighth grade at the time. But yeah, that's the, the benefits of being an older kid at the time. Right, right. So you were just go. You were in high school and everything. Yeah, pretty much the perfect time for that that kind of show. Yep. But it was a good show. It was a good show. Great show. And, you know, I enjoyed it. And now I'm ready to hear your number one. My number one is Pink Floyd as well, man. <laughs> My number one is Pink Floyd. I got to see him on the Division Bell tour. 
uh, in Madison at Camp Randall Stadium. Uh, one of the only stadium shows I ever got to go to. And, you know, I can see it's your number two. I'm really interested to hear what your number one is because, to me, nobody can beat the Pink Floyd show. It was just – I've never had my mind blown like I did at that show. They opened up my show with uh, Astronomy Domini, uh, nice. a Sid Barrett song, you know, from Piper on the Gates of Dawn. And then they went right into Shine on You Crazy Diamond. Did the same kind of thing that you did where they had like uh, a classic kind of Floyd set. And then they came back and did their second set. Because half the show was during the day and the other half was at night. They did like uh, Careful with That Axe, Eugene. uh, Welcome to the Machine. Of course, they did Run Like Hell and Another Brick in the Wall and the Division Bell song. Uh, you know, I can't tell you that I really was into the album, The Division Bell. I really didn't listen to it that much. But Pink Floyd, you know, you have to go see Pink Floyd. And they had uh, our pigs, the pigs we had, where they had these two gigantic, like, demonic pigs that busted out the top of the PA. And they were sitting there shaking. I mean, these PAs were huge, like twice the size of my house, you know, like stacked on top of each other, like 100 feet high, it seemed like. And they're on the top and they're just, and I think they were playing either Money or something like some tune, uh, one of their heavier ones. Probably careful with that axe now that I think about it. But at the end, the pigs fell out of the uh out of the pa system like they were pushed out of the pa system and everybody in the stadium thought that these pigs were coming down on like the first 10 rows of the crowd it was like a really cool optical illusion because they fell in front of the people obviously but everybody in the back it looked like these things were going to come down and crush the crowd and it was just there was a moment during the show, and it was during uh, Wish You Were Here. It started to rain. And, well, it, was, it went from Wish You Were Here right into Comfortably Numb. And they, there was this thing in the middle of the stage that kind of looked like a lemon. It was a big light that, you know, turned around and shined onto the crowd. And it opened up into these petals, which sent thousands of lights all over the stadium and the crowd. And the rain was coming down, and they were playing Wish You Were Here. And I got pretty emotional at the time. I was going through some stuff. And I tell you, for a split second, out of like 60,000 people, I felt like the only thing that was real in the whole crowd it was really a strange vibe you know just it was so unreal because the rain it just it's like the rain was on cue you know like it it just accented the song so much And, and just i don't think i'll ever have an experience like that again and i went with a bunch of friends and 
we went we, we had a Pink Floyd moment where before we went to the show, we went and hung out in a park here in Janesville. It's called Lestig Park. And we're sitting there, you know, doing the pre-show rituals. You know what that's all about. And yeah. we start hearing bagpipes. And we're like, what the fuck is that, dude? What is, where's that coming from? So we get out the car, and there's a hill that goes down by the river. And we're like, where are these bagpipes coming from? And there was just this one lone guy by himself walking through the woods playing bagpipes. And there was like this mist around him. And we were like, oh, my God, this is our Pink Floyd moment. When are we going to see some weird bagpipe guy playing bagpipes by himself in before Pink Floyd? But it was just a weird day. It was a wonderful day. Um, walking down from our parking spot to Camp Randall, there were so many people tailgating, and everybody had the same radio station on. So it was just this this huge concert atmosphere, and I'll, I'll never see another show like it. So Pink Floyd is my number one. With the Division Bell tour, did they use the round circular with the oh, lights yeah. on it, uh, vid a video screen in the okay yep, in the center and all that, the whole deal, and you know they did like the great gig in the sky, and, uh, just everything. You know they had the videos. They did Dogs of War and had the the cool video in there, and yep. you know, some stuff from uh, from a uh, momentary lapse. You know, like uh, they didn't have the flying bed or anything, but they had the videos of it and stuff. So yeah, I like the, the use of that. The use of that screen was awesome because you know during some of the wall stuff, they had the hammers. Yeah, they showed the, the scene where the flower, where the flowers fucking the other one, and then it eats some. So yeah, I like they really utilized that. Like with Rush, they really utilized that screen to really. Yeah, it was definitely a, a full-on assault on the senses. You know, like oh yeah. It's the sound and the sights and just the atmosphere. I have never seen anything that's come close to it. But that should tell you something about Guar, though, too, though. They were that good that, you know, they almost almost got top spot over Pink Floyd, but nothing can beat Pink Floyd, you know. And just uh, if you buy the album Pulse, it's a live album by Pink Floyd. It pretty much captures that entire tour, you know, uh, the set list and how it was. And what a what a great show! Never get to see it again. No, we're both in that same we're both in that same situation. We got to see Pink Floyd, and uh, it'll last you know forever with us. Which yeah, for you know sure. it, 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 it it didn't make my number one, but when you hear my number one. And the reason it'll probably be, you know, it, it you'll understand. I will. So, Paul, with that said, what is your number one? My number one took place September 30th and October 1st of 2017 at Southern Wisconsin Regional Airport. Two days of JJO Sonic Boom. Ah. Gotcha, man. Okay, I think I was at that one. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure. So I'm going to tell you the bands. 
before I tell you their set list. So it's going to take a minute, and then I'll explain why it's my number one. But they had nothing more. Wayland, Thrice, All That Remains, The Pretty Reckless, Steel Panther, Dead, Steel Panther. Falling in Reverse, Hailstorm, Rise Against, Gojira, Five Finger Death Punch, Of Mice and Men, Starset, Through Fire, Mastodon, Sleeping with Sirens, Beartooth, Theory of a Dead Man, Radkey, Fozzie, Stone Sour, Bobaflex, Versus Me, who you know is a local band, right. Breach, right. Greta Van Fleet, Joyous Wolf, Palais Royale, and that was it. Now so I won't go through. Yeah, don't go through all those set lists, man. No, I'm just gonna play like play like like uh, some important ones. Like Steel Panther did Eyes of a Panther, Going in the Back Door, right. Asian Hooker, Asian. Let Me Come In, <laughs> Let Me Let Me Come In, Ain't Talking About Love, Girl right. from Oklahoma, Community Property, which was the new song at the time, right. and Death to All But Metal. And then uh, Gojira did Only Pain, right? The Heaviest Matter of the Universe, Silvera, Stranded, Flying Whales, The Cell, Backbone, and I can't pronounce this one, Vacuti, Vasuti, V A C U I T Y. I don't know what that one is. It's uh, Vacuti. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Not gonna say five finger because I don't like five finger death punch. Um, no, either I, I left when I yeah I don't. Mastodon, Sultan's Curse, Divinations, Crystal Skull, Ancient Kingdom, Bladcatcher, Black Tongue, Colony of Birchman, Ember City, Megalodon, and Andromeda. Yeah, fucking fucking Mastodon, man. What a Fozzie did. Fozzie did Judas, Spider in My Mouth, and Painless. They only did three songs. Whoa, really, dude? I figured Fozzie yep. would do more than that. Now, Boba Flex, Start a War, I'm Glad You're Dead, Chemical Valley, Mama Don't Take My Drugs Away, Never Come Sorry. Never Come Back, Bad Man, Long Time Coming, A Spider in the Dark, Low Life, Rise, Losing Your Mind, Hey You, and they ended with Bury Me With My Guns On. Right, right. Now, they played... The night before, they played at the back bar. The night of the concert, they played. They went back to the back bar that night. Yeah. So they played the back bar three times the, the that weekend of this concert. They love that back bar. Yeah, dude. I was gonna say Boba Flex gets a lot of love in this town. A lot. So of and, and dude, when they would play, when they would really get into it, we were so close, we could feel all the wind from their amps. Hitting us. Yeah, they fucking cool. rock. They were actually one of the openers because Stone Sour was one of the mains. Hailstorm was one of the mains. Gojira was right. one of the mains. So they played at night when it was dark. Uh, Boba Flex played during the day. They were really one of the early bands. Right. But they could, I felt they could have been a headliner because their set was so good. They sounded so good. It's a shame they're not together anymore. It really is a fucking oh. shame. Really, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, played. yeah, they're done. What about Stone Sour? Oh, you want to know what they played? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. I, I, saw, I saw Stone Sour, um, you know, and I thought they were pretty good. I think Corey's, I don't know. I think he's kind of pompous, but he, he can back it up. You know what I mean? He's, he's Corey Taylor. Well, yeah. I will say this. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Greta Van Fleet. They played yeah. Lover Lever, Taken Taker Believers, Black Smoke Rising, Highway Tune, Flower Power, and Edge of Darkness. Now, let me find what Stone Sour played. Stone Sour played YSIF, Taipei Person, Ala T, Knievel has landed. Say you'll haunt me. 303150. Red Rose, Violet Blue. This song is dumb and so am I. Song number three, Through Glass, Absolute Zero, and Fabulous. Those were the songs that, that Stone Sour played. Which pretty good. Um, the first time in my life, and I haven't seen it since, but I'm on a mission. There's certain circumstances that I haven't gone public with yet, and I will coming up here pretty soon. But I'm going to go and do a lot of cool stuff. The wife and me are going to go like live it up. I got to find chicken on a fucking stick. This is the most delicious thing I had. This, But the concert all the way in the back was where all the food trailers were. Right. And this, these right. people, it was called chicken on a stick. And it was this big, long wooden skew. And it had big old pieces of chicken on it. All white yeah. meat. Grilled with. You can get that shit was, all over town. I, fuck, I haven't seen it. I loved it so much. I got to get more. I there's Dude, two I'm things I've been introduced since I've been in Wisconsin. The chicken on a stick and those goddamn motherfucking diabetes creating cream puffs. Oh, Fuck man. the guy who created those things because he's yeah, going to kill me. That's good cream puffs, man, at the rolling pin. Yeah. So, the rolling pin, and I bet you he was out there. But the reason why Sonic Boom beats Pink Floyd Which is, is a, because... Big stretch, yeah. Is because for 30 years, almost 30 years, I've been married to the same person. And that was our first concert together. No shit, dude. That's yeah. that's kind of a cool story, man. See, so I that's why we're, we're gallivanting all over. You know, I got the the joy, you know, when I was with the girl I was with for 10 years, we went, we saw concerts all the time together. But uh you but yeah. you uh we we had three we had three kids. Yeah, um, we always worked. I always worked. We didn't have anybody to watch the kids. Low income, you know. We weren't. We didn't have good money back then, yeah. so we couldn't go. We couldn't go to shows. Kids really, you know, kids can put a damper on your wallet when, especially yeah. when you have three. When you have three. When you have three of them, they put a damper. So this was our first concert. Our kids were grown, and we went and. I mean, I saw Dropkick Murphys with her a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was awesome, but it doesn't rank up there because it just, you know, but this one is because that's the main reason. I mean, it was a good concert. It was an awesome show. You know, it killed me with my bad back, not having any place to sit and having to sit in the oh, grass for two days all day long. I When I got to, when I went to Sonic Boom, I got lucky, and somebody was like, here, dude, and they gave me a bench. <laughs> they let me so sit I was, on the bench. So. So, but that's the reason it made number one, just because, you know, my wife is the most important person besides my children, which, you know, you have to say these days because if people don't hear you, they put the words in your mouth. So, yeah, you know, my, yeah, my wife's my most, she yeah, is the word, cool, ain't she? 
Yeah, so that's why it made number one. All if 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 I had never gone to see that with her, we would have matched. We would have both been Pink Floyd as number one. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But, you know, but I, I, I didn't think I didn't think we would have any crossover. I really didn't, and we almost didn't. You know, if, if one of us hadn't have gone to see Pink Floyd, we would have had nothing in common this yeah, week. So no, that's yeah. like shows you how broad of when it comes to cartoons and stuff, we were really close. But when yeah, it comes to concerts, there's so many bands out there. Yeah, that, so many stuff. You know, we probably both seen a lot of shows. I mean, I've been to a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. Of there's and, other uh, concerts I've been to that just didn't go on the list. But I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure, you know. I'm glad we, we, I'm glad you did give Molly Crew some love, though, because I, I, I felt really bad not putting that show on the list because it was, it was such a great show back then. And, Ah, those were different times. The Dr. Feelgood tour for me was better than the girls, girls, girls. But that's because I found I, I liked more songs off of Dr. Feelgood than I did girls, girls, girls. Right. I think they were right on, man. I think they were in their prime during uh during Dr. Feelgood. You know, it was it was a good time for them. God, I you know, I've I've seen shit like I saw Eminem before he made it big. Uh, got to see um, the Fugees. So I guess I did go to a pop show. I saw the Fugees. I got free mm. tickets. Fuck the Fugees. God, that shit sucks. But, uh, you know, I saw Marilyn Manson in a little club. When uh, when Antichrist Superstar was just released, that show almost made my list because that was I've seen a couple Marilyn Manson shows that were just insanely good, but uh, I had to go with I had to go with my big ones, you know. Well, that's you had a good list. You had a good list. I mean, I've never got to see Guar ever, but yeah, I wasn't. I I like their music. But I'm not as familiar with it as all because I wasn't introduced. Obviously, I wasn't introduced to them until Ro uh, a Road Behind was played on MTV. I oh, hadn't, I had, you know, because I because I grew up in I grew up in Georgia, and you know, so MTV usually introduced me to most of my metal, and my friends that I had were introduced the same way. So we really didn't. I didn't really start to get into heavier, darker, whatever metal until I left Atlanta or left Georgia and got to see other parts of the world. So, right. you know, right. if, if it was country now, country, you living in Georgia, country was the shit. You could get all your information about country. You know, I know, I, you know, you could get it all, but I had to go through MTV, you know, my introduction, if it wasn't for headbangers ball, I might not have ever gotten into heavy metal in the first place, but um, yeah, road behind was, was the first song I heard. And then I listened to them more, but I, there's still some of their stuff I haven't heard. So, you know, maybe you could request some, some of the rare cuts. We one will. of these I ones. Think I'm going to next week for sure. I got to see Guar on the scum dogs tour. So I got lucky on that. I mean, I've been a fan of theirs for so long and I, I don't think the first time I heard about them wasn't on, uh, wasn't on headbangers ball. I think I read about them or something. And, and then saw him on like some talk show. It was, 
was like, wow, who the fuck is this? Like the most obscene band in the land, you know, like, you know, and I was at the, at the time I, I got into Guar, I was, you know, into Alice Cooper and, and Wasp and, you know, anything that was shocking, I was really into, you know, I think my foot's falling asleep, man. Well, with your foot falling asleep, that's probably a good sign from uh, whoever makes the signs these days for us to wrap it up. I guess you know. so. And yeah, we got a full yeah. 141 going on, so that's not too bad. I think it was a pretty good show. Thanks, everybody that uh, tuned in. I don't know how many people are still with us, but looks like we had uh, had a couple people show up tonight. Yeah, uh, your but not that, the guy from Tennessee. Did he? He's from here yeah. though. No, yeah, that's my buddy Bob, man, Bob Beasy. Love him. He's going through some pretty. I'm not going to air his dirty laundry out. Here, but, well, we uh, great and I love him to death. Uh, if he's listening, I love you, Pizzo. And I hope you're good to me. So with that, we are out for the day. Yep, that's it for us. We will, uh, we will, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Something new and fresh for you. Yep, we sure will. Yep, we sure will. So, little Rob Zombie to take us out. Good remix. You look like Mike Kerr there, man. <laughs>